Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, it's Wednesday. It is that time in the show when we bring in your favorite, Tom Korski, managing editor over at Blacklocks Reporter. Of course, they dig into all the juicy nuggets that uh, don't get the attention they deserve, but they are the issues that matter to you. And of course, no one does it better than Tom. Good to have you, sir. Thank you, Alex. A couple of interesting headlines, and they all seem to have a bit of a theme, and it has to do with you know, rights and freedoms. And um, you found that 59% of Canadians rate the pandemic as a threat to rights and freedoms with a large minority wary of, of course, the vaccine rollout. And this is according to research done by the Privy Council office. And 40% say they believe COVID is part of a global effort to enforce mandatory vaccine. You've got 34% who won't get the vaccine or still are unsure. 31% still believe vaccines alter DNA. 38% don't trust the scientists or big pharma. We got 6.3 million people, Tom, in this country who do not have a shot. And these numbers, you know, suggest to me they're not going to. It's interesting the government also polled those questions. As you point out, that's Privy Council Office. That's the top of the federal bureaucracy polled those questions because they wanted to know. You know, you and I have discussed in the past, Alex, the pandemic will be very far-reaching. Nobody is the amazing Mm -hmm. Kreskin, and we cannot predict the future. I know that there's a large segment. You would have to believe, if you follow some media, it's the predominant theme on building back better and the wonderful new workers' society (laughs) that we will have with $10 daycare and guaranteed income. It's going to be fantastic. And yet, when you see this data... You see a far-reaching effect in terms of public cynicism, in terms of mistrust, and uh, fear and wariness of government overreach. Isn't it interesting that that is so rarely reflected in media coverage and ordinary discourse about what we've all been through for the past year and a half? But it's there, and Canadians really feel it. It's a sincere wariness, skepticism, and concern about where this government has gone. Yeah, and it seems that fear, I think, is felt at all levels of government, but certainly I think it starts at the top and it trickles down. And there have been so many missteps in this pandemic. There have been so many, you know, uh, things that they got wrong right out of the gate, whether it's uh, public health completely screwing up and dropping the ball, whether it was Dr. Tam reversing herself on masking mandates, whether it was, you know, throwing out masks and PPE. There's been so many screws at the beginning of this thing and and misinformation has been allowed to fill the vacuum that I think that plays a role in why Canadians are just saying, "I, I just don't trust. Just don't trust you guys. Absolutely. And it filtered right down to the level. And we heard this from of all people, the uh, police association, the nation's largest police union. When we got to that point, everyone remembers where constables were ticketing kids who were playing basketball mm-hmm. in the park. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. the police union of all people who said, don't do this. Like You're putting uh, our members in an impossible situation. And, and their point was, as they explained it in committee testimony, you completely discredit officialdom and law enforcement. If you want to make people cynical, then enforce ridiculous regulations. All it does is engender disrespect for authority. And we have that. We're hip deep in that because of all the spendthrifts 
and the bongos that you describe, Alex. Yeah, and then this is kind of a, a marriage of the next headline where, you know, forced vaccines are not the way to go because they're a loss of fundamental rights. And this is an admission by uh, Patty Haiju and, and you know, company. Um, but it is an issue uh, both at the provincial level, as we're seeing in Ontario, they're not going to mandate vaccines for teachers and kids. Uh, but uh, clearly the Trudeau government does not want to take any leadership on this because they see it as an encroachment of civil liberties. And of course, they don't want to take any position on this because we're going into a federal election. They do not want to rock the boat. Absolutely fatal. And, and this is a report you refer to by the Library of Parliament. So this is not a conspiracy fringe group. This is research that is done, provided to MPs and senators, the Library of Parliament in a very emphatic report, said you can't do it. You cannot mandate vaccines. It implies mm. government surveillance that's incompatible with a free country. The Federal Privacy Commissioner said the same thing in a report in May. He said it is a breach of civil liberties to mandate vaccines, which means you must disclose your personal medical history to access public services. Well, you wouldn't know that when you read certain people on social media who talk about naming and shaming campaigns that over six million of their neighbors who have not been vaccinated are somehow uh, moral reprobates who are threatening and endangering community health. These are very pretty fundamental issues. And the divide is just getting starker and starker, Alex. That's why yeah. the feds won't touch that with a barge pole. Yeah, and a lot of the people who are um, hesitant are actually those in lower marginalized communities, and um, and it's just that they they don't trust uh, what they're hearing, or they haven't been educated uh, on this, and so they're not going to go after that, um, you know, um, demographic. But at the same time, they have done a woefully inappropriate or bad job of getting out there and educating people and making sure that they understand, you know, what's at stake. It's true on demographics, by the way. There's a, a yeah. caricature of the, you know, the, the vaccine resistant as some mm -hmm. Yahoo in a pickup truck. Yeah. It's simply not the case. Uh, there is very large, uh, according to the data, very large resistance in the black community, in the indigenous mm -hmm. community, amongst people who have post-secondary educations. It does exist. It does indeed. I want to talk about this because this is uh, this thing has been such a cluster duck since day one, um, and it's going to cost us a fortune in taxpayer dollars. But there's an estimated 175,000 federal employees who have received compensation over these payroll errors that had, uh, you know, total about half a billion dollars. And this is all to make up for that mess known as the disastrous Phoenix Pay system, which failed to pay 62% of government employees for months. This software, as you know, has been a mess. It was supposed to streamline the federal payroll. The Trudeau government went full steam ahead with it, and it's been so mismanaged by the Trudeau government, it's now going to cost $2.1 billion plus this extra money to compensate people who ended up not getting paid. Uh, one of the great fiascos of all time, and it's interesting, talk about far-reaching effects. This was a scheme, uh, they threw the switch in 2016, and it was supposed to save money. Anytime the federal government says, yeah. do this, save money, it was, it was funny. And they were going to yeah. streamline 47 different payroll departments into this beautiful new software program, and it was going to run like a Swiss watch. Well, it didn't. <laughs> 
And here we are, uh, the Parliamentary Budget Office has estimated pay to uh, repair the software, pay compensation to employees, Mm. and damages will go on and on and on till at least 2023, if they're lucky. What was the far-reaching effect to this day? Uh, Anyone on Parliament Hill who says, I know, what we need is computer (laughs) streamlining. They are not allowed to finish the sentence. Never It's like a constitutional amendment on distinct society. Don't touch that hot. It will burn. Don't touch it. Honestly, why they didn't just throw this out from day one is beyond me. Yes, I know Stephen Harper bought the thing, but it was the Trudeau government that insisted on using it. It's kind of like, you know, the Titanic's hit the barge. We're just going to put some Band-Aids and just keep putting it on. And, you know, dude, the the ship's on the ground. Like, it's on the below the the sea. You can't fix this. I just want to fit this one in quickly as well, because, again, it it talks to our money and, and, and misuse or bad spending during this pandemic. So I understand this, that taxpayers are going to, be on the hook for a billion dollars in crown bank loans um, given to companies that reported disastrous revenue losses during the pandemic. And when you think about businesses, I think people, Tom, think small businesses, you know, um, the mom and dad pop shops. No, we're talking about big chains, hotels, real estate companies. And of course, the union execs are saying, look, we want those borrowers named. Uh, they're not being named. Uh, but we're paying this because this is a program that's costing us $1.2 billion, and the money is basically up in the ether. And uh, the union executives have a point. The uh, loan guarantee is 100%. To get the loan guarantee, you had to already qualify for pandemic relief if you're mm-hmm. a uh, corporate uh, borrower, and you had to demonstrate 50% revenue losses. Well, no wonder you needed a taxpayer guarantee because you couldn't get credit. You couldn't get arrested at any right. bank or credit union. 100% guarantee, over a billion dollars, over 4,000 borrowers. Not a single one has been named. Not one. As you mentioned, these are national chains, restaurants, hotel keepers, you name it, but their identities are a secret. You just get to pay the bill if they default. Right. And so no credit checks were done, no due diligence, no you know cost-benefit analysis, just hand over the money. The taxpayers will guarantee your loan, no questions asked. Uh, uh, look, if you can get those kinds of loans, I guess it's great, but uh, we are definitely going to be on the hook for those. The audits on this, uh, Alex, will run for years. It will t- it will t- take years, like Humpty Dumpty, to put all the little pieces together to find out what went awry. And this would be one of them. Well, I hope you and I are both around to tell that story because uh, that headline alone may just kill us both. All right, Tom, on that note, i got to let you go. So thank you very much <laughs> for the conversation, and we'll chat again. Thanks, Alex. That is Tom Korski, Managing Editor over at Blacklocks Reporter, of course, a subscription-based magazine out of Ottawa. And you guys ask me all the time, how do I get it? Where do I get it? You get it online. And, of course, it is worth every cent because they deliver the goods.